If we can do it, you can too. Inspirations from award-winning speakers and leaders. And I have been afforded the opportunity to participate as one of the chapter authors. If you would like to know more about how to purchase this book, get in contact with me at Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Thank you. Well, thank God. Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold podcast is excited about season three and more fabulous guests. We've been talking with and sharing stories, experiences, and laughs with singers, songwriters, musicians, and independent artists in continuing gospel music at its gold. The guests on this show have tirelessly been on the battlefield to bring God's word through song, deed, and action. We also present tribute shows honoring those whom are no longer with us physically, but have left a legacy of gold with their contributions. We hope to continue bringing exciting shows and present great episodes and growing your knowledge in gospel music and its gold to keep you coming back for more. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. With me today is Ellen Hayes a flat-footed singer that could belt out notes that shake the soul. Ellen has been inspiring believers for decades. The gifted alto epitomizes church with her mastery of traditional gospel music and contemporary gospel music. The multi-talented organist, pianist, vocalist, songwriter, choir director, and four-time Rhythm of Gospel nominee is getting ready to shake up the world of gospel with a long-awaited release, We Owe It All to You. Ellen says that the Lord opened the creative part of her mind and began giving her melodies to complement scripture. Not only did she receive amazing songs, but in the process, she became a devout student of the Bible. Her exquisite knowledge of the Word of God is apparent in Ellen's forthcoming release. Scripture is in the very center of her song, The Holy City, a track on the new release. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Hey, Ellen, Ellen Hello. how are you? Hello. <laughs> I was like, I'm excited to be here. That is so nice. So I want you to introduce yourself to my audience. Okay. My name is Ellen Hayes. I am from Detroit, Michigan. Detroit. I am, <laughs> yes, Detroit, <laughs> Motown. <laughs> I am, uh, first, I'm a wife and a mother and a grandmother, <laughs> but right. also I'm a choir director at my church. I'm the minister of music and I'm a gospel recording artist. And I was a four-time eight-time nominee for the Rhythm of Gospel, but just recently I became a winner. Yay! So. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I was excited about that. Praise I God for that. I was excited about that. Yes. Yes. Praise and worship, female vocalist of the year. So All right. I'll take, I'll definitely take that. I was excited. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here in the city of Detroit, just doing my thing and trying to, you know, uh, put in song, uh, the, 
the vision that God has given me so that I can distribute it to God's people and everybody else abroad. So uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad to have for you having me on this show. Okay, well, great. Now, tell us about, I'm going to ask you your first experience of hearing yourself on the radio. Euphoric. (laughs) (laughs) It was, uh, it was, it was really something I, I called my daughters because, you know, they helped me on the project and I called them up and I said, hey, I said, turn to 92, turn to 92. We're on the radio. We're on the radio. And they said, what? So then they were trying to find it, trying to find it. And uh, it was just really something, you know, and then I had people calling me and say, hey, I think that was you I heard on the radio. I heard your song on the radio. <laughs> I said, yes, it was. It was. So <laughs> it, it was very exciting. Very exciting. Now, is that one of the songs that you wrote? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Now. Um, I, I, now I write, I know, I definitely write lyrics and arrange all of the songs that I do. I write uh, lyrics, arrange the melodies, but sometimes I'll actually use other musicians and they'll write the music. Mm. And sometimes they'll present me with music and then I'll listen to it and see how God is speaking to me to go about with it. And uh, then I'll arrange a melody to the music that they have written for me and, you know, put a song together then. But the majority of the songs are songs that I compose, songs that I've written, things like that. Okay. Well, that is really interesting. And that's, that's nice because you're the first person that I've spoken to that said you use other musicians' music to write your lyrics, and then you arrange that. Mm-hmm. that is, mm. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I do. I do both. I do both. The very first album that I uh, came out with was called Step Into Your Blessing, and I actually got with uh, musician Michael Mendigal, who okay. is a, he's a producer as well. He's I would say that he's really known in Detroit, but he's kind of known everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Michael Mendengal. So he pretty much wrote all of the music to the first album, except for maybe three songs. One of the songs I wrote and then one of the uh, two more songs I got from another musician. But there were 11 tracks. So out of 11 tracks. He wrote nine uh, as far as the music is concerned. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to the music. I let it speak to me. I lived with it for a little while. Next thing you know, boom, I came up with a song and put it together and went back in the studio and we put it down. Okay. <laughs> All of them didn't make the cut, but, you know, so that goes to show you what type of work we put into it because we we managed to get 11 songs. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so there were more than 11, but yeah. Okay. I like your term. You lived with it for a while. Talk about that process, because for someone who may not uh, be a songwriter, Mm -hmm. someone who may not be a musician per se, but just a singer, Mm -hmm. that development of living with the song. Talk about that. What is that process? Well, you know, everybody... Uh, songwriters, singers, they all have a different method, a different process that they go about. My process is, you know, once I hear a song, a lot of times uh, a tune or, uh, you know, uh, an arrangement of of 
the background vocals. It doesn't always come to me right away. So when I say live with the song, I, I will put that song on either my phone or some type of listening device. I'll put it in my ears because I don't mm -hmm. like to listen to it out loud. I have to put it in my ears and I have to shut everything else out. And sometimes I'll just kind of sit in a quiet room and just listen so I can hear, you know, what's speaking to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and how the Lord is speaking to me as far as what I'm going to do with this song. So uh, many times after listening to it, I may open the Bible and see if I'm led somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, to a scripture, uh, anything that I can uh, put together with this song. Uh, sometimes I may take uh, incidents or, or uh, tragedy or occurrences, you know, uh, you know, just devastating occurrences and different things that have happened, just mm -hmm. life sometimes, period. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes a melody may require to incorporate something like that, or it just may incorporate something worship style or just strictly scripture style. And, you know, so it's, it's a lot of different things that it'll do. But when I live with a song, I have to take at least maybe three days or something like that. And I just kind of listen to it and see what it's saying to me. Okay. All right. I like that. <laughs> that's with just, the song. <laughs> that's just me. And you know what? And then sometimes it now, sometimes it has happened where I heard a song and I mean, immediately, as soon as I heard it, as a matter of fact, it's a, a choir director and songwriter and singer, Sean Harden here out of Detroit. And he gave me music one time. He said he had had this music. He was going to use it for something else and he didn't use it. So he said, I want you to listen to it. See if you like it. See if it's saying anything to you. So I listened to it and immediately I got a hook immediately as soon as I heard the song. Okay. So once I heard it, then I had to sit down and really meditate on it and think about what I wanted to create for verses and different things like that. But it that one did not take long to do. <laughs> but it, sometimes it's, I've I've had to let a song sit for about a year, uh, lyrics or something, before I actually get a melody to it. So it's all a lot of different type of ways. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is that's good to know too. I, well, I took music. Well, yeah, I took music on and off, on and off. Mm -hmm. And in college, uh, I went to uh, I, there was a group that wanted to do a talent show. And they found out that I played the piano. So they, uh, one of the girls said, why don't you learn how to play this song? And I was like, I don't know how to play by ear. Because <laughs> I, I didn't. I learned how to play by sheet music. So she said, well, I'll tell you what. She had, uh, we had access to the band room. And I was sitting in a band room that was surrounded by speakers. And they could just, clip, she just, kept playing that song over and over and over again and I eventually picked that song up and I was like oh this is really interesting so when you said that you had to sit there and and live with that song and you had to put it in your ears I visualized that time I had really forgotten about that but uh, I remembered and I was in there for hours just listening to that song and I finally picked it up and was able to play it in a talent show and I was like so that is really interesting. So I like the way you said that. That's that's a great, wonderful. And it, now mm -hmm, it, it's strange that you said that because 
you said you're used to reading sheet music. I don't read sheet music. I play strictly by ear. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I play strictly by ear. One of these days, I, I know you're saying, well, when? But yeah, I said I'm going to change that one of these days. I mean, I, I started out with lessons and I didn't really go through with it because I had gotten so comfortable playing by ear and just picking it up. But I'm going to get back to it one day. Hey, hey, you still I here? <laughs> you still I am. Here. That's right. I'm still here. Yeah, I started, uh, well, when I, I, of course, me growing up, I wanted to be a concert pianist. That's what I started Ooh, off wanting nice. to do. And But people kept telling me, there are no Black concert pianists. So you just need to get that, up, that, that dream up. So I really did not pursue it any further because of being Black, living and growing up in the uh, the late 60s, early 70s. So I gave that up. But when I got to college and got hit with some serious theory, I said, oh. <laughs> but some of my friends who do, do play constantly talk about theory, theory. But I said, well, people can still play without theory, but that's okay. I'll be all right with that. <laughs> Wow. Now, I see on your bio that you started singing with your brother. Yes. Now talk about that experience because siblings, you know, sometimes they get along well, sometimes. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> well, you know what, that, that, uh, I'm thankful for that experience. That experience actually lasted the span of about 20 years, to be honest with you. Mm. And uh, so somebody had to get along the last for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I remember I was um, in my early 20s and I think I was pregnant with my first child and he called me up. I, I'll never forget that day. He called me up. I, I remember being in the kitchen at that time. We had phones on the wall with the cords. And <laughs> and so I answered the phone and, you know, he didn't. Of course, I knew his voice. He didn't have to identify himself, but he said one of these things. He said, you want to be a star? Mm. And I said, what? He said, <laughs> do you want to be a star? And I said, okay, yes, I do. Sure, I want to be a star. <laughs> and he said, all right. He said, I'm forming a group. He said, and uh, we're going to meet you know, on this day and everybody that actually comes to that first meeting, that's, that's who the group is going to be. And so I made sure that I was at that first meeting and, you know, it was about maybe six or seven of us. Mm -hmm. I think he may have called 12 and about six or seven of us showed up out of the 12. And so that's who he went with. And, you know, locally, mostly uh, a lot of different churches and mainly at our home church. Uh, and then one day he decided to record and so we recorded our first album, then we recorded our second album. But, you know, by then everybody was getting older, you know, when it started reaching up to those 20 years and uh, some of the children were coming on board and then uh, they entered the group and then they just made it so much better with such rich harmony. Then they went off to college. And <laughs> so, <laughs> so then it was kind of like stuck back with us. So, you know, after a while, it just kind of dissipated. We got a little less busy, less active. And then everybody just kind of started doing their own thing. But that was really an experience because that was my first introduction to actually doing a professional recording. Mm -hmm. And he had a, he had a studio in his home and remind you, he is a internal medicine doctor, uh Oh, okay. <laughs> but an internal medicine doctor that was also a musician. 
And uh, from the time I was like seven years old, he and I used to play the organ together. And I kind of got uh, inspired from him because he started out writing songs, writing songs taken from the Bible. And I would look and see how he did it and how he arranged music on the keyboard, you know, because well, that's another long story. But I was inspired by that. And it was something that I always had in my mind to do. And I didn't ever think that I, you know, it was reachable for me. I mm. didn't think I could actually do that. But, you know, after we kind of stopped and my dad got sick and I took out about 10 years and, you know, was taking care of him. Uh, but after the Lord called him home, I said, you know what? I think I want to do this. Okay. You know, because my, my mom was early on. Uh, she had passed away like maybe almost 30 years before he did. Mm. And so I didn't, you know, my parents were gone. So I said, well, you know, the children were growing up. So I said, I, I think I want to do this. So I got started and Michael Menegal was my first person that I started with. And I think he gave me a good start. Okay. All right. Now, see, sometimes siblings are wonderful things. Yes. Yes, they are. And I'm from a big family too. Okay. Yeah. All right then. So with that, and you, so did you travel with the choir and out of the country or just across the uh, United States? Just across the states, not out of the country. Uh, out of the country is still on my bucket list. <laughs> I do. One of these days, <laughs> London, Italy, or Paris, or or Africa, or somewhere. I would okay. Go. Yeah. All right. Put it out there. Yeah. Put it out there. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Put it out there, and you will. Okay. So that is that is. I think that is a a, a dream. Sometimes we think about things as dream deferred. And I mentioned to someone before that um, I do speak and one, I did a presentation in Iowa the other week mm -hmm. and okay. was talking to people about reinventing themselves in a post-pandemic environment. So I believe, and I've always believed this, that as long as you have breath in your body and you have a dream and a vision and you've talked to the Lord about it, that he is going to bring that to fruition. Absolutely. So, <laughs> because... It's never, it's not too late. No, not too it's late not. To, you to, still got a reasonable portion of health and strength and uh, you're here. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> now, when you think about, I'll say, let's talk about your latest song that's coming up. The Holy City. Do you want your listeners to envision what you sing about or do you just want to have this be a you know sometimes people just want people to just enjoy the music or do you want them to visualize and see themselves in that uh actually both and it is it's strange that you asked that question because on the album uh there is a, a story that comes on mm. just before that song and that story, the, the way I arranged that song. And I, I, the reason I did the story is because I wasn't sure if they would actually understand what the song meant. Mm. The song actually came to me in a dream. Okay. And the visualization, the visualization of that dream is the way I put the song together and uh, the, the the story was, you know, I tell people the story and they say that is unbelievable. You know, my dad was a pastor 
And so, and, and he was very, 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 I cannot express, express it enough. He was very spiritual. Okay. And, and very knowledgeable about the Bible. And, and when I came to him about this dream, he let me know that it was a, a, a dream related to scripture. And I had no idea what it meant to me. It was me and my girlfriend, uh, best friend that we grew up together. We were walking, we saw this water. We wanted to walk across this water and, uh, and I saw this city on the other side mm. and, and, and it was dark, but over there was so light and I wanted to get over there. So I asked her if she'd go with me. N- needless to say, she said, oh yeah, you're sure. So we <laughs> held hands and we're trying to walk across the water in this dream, right? Okay. So uh, the dream was recurring three times. We tried to attempt going across this water. She kept going back. So on the third time I made it across and, and that's what I saw. I saw this the city, I saw loved ones and everything. And I'm, I'm saying, where am I, you know, in this dream, but every description of this dream, he showed me the scripture in the Bible, Mm. what it, what it meant, you know? And, and he said, you know what? He said all this time when I was preaching and you asking the Lord, you know, because he had preached this message about, you should know if you saved, he said, it should be something in the Bible that you can point to. And you can say, this scripture proves to me that I'm saved or something. And I had never heard of nothing like that. Mm. And I said, well, I don't have a scripture. Did nobody give me a scripture? <laughs> and that thing, oh my God, it, it worried me. And I'm saying, you know, he got me thinking, I, I don't know if that was just his way of getting me deeper into the Bible. Because, mm. you know, it was just the, the fact that I needed to know for surety without mm-hmm. a shadow of a doubt. So he showed me this scripture. He said, you need to hold on to that. He said, because this is your proof of what you've been asking the Lord for. So he said, hold on to it and don't ever, ever forget it. So I put it in a song. Okay. So <laughs> you won't forget it and others will hear too. Right. <laughs> yes. Okay. So see, you know, you never know what, um, how can I say, what divine messages you get when you allow the Lord to work through you and and you utilize and open yourself up to what God has for you. And you never know that. You never realize your potential. Some people really kind of quash their dreams or quash what God is trying to show them because they're so busy being busy. Right. And never take the time to actually listen and understand. So that's good. I like that. I like that. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, I was just looking, just glancing over your bio and my eyes just dropped down on that. So that is really nice. I love when people give me information because it tells <laughs> me something. <laughs> yeah, well, it should. Information should. Mm-hmm. For sure. Now, your second song, tell, tell us what song you won the award for this year. Well, uh it was the 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 award was female vocalist of the year so it didn't really pick a particular song but it was for the we owe it all to you album okay so it was the we owe it all to you album and to be honest with you i was actually nominated in eight categories for that album mm. eight different categories i can't remember offhand what they all were uh some was producer some was uh CD of the year or a CD project of the year, you know, different things like that. 
and I end up winning for a female vocalist because uh, well, I was vocal on a lot of the songs. I sung a lot of them. So. <laughs> and, it's your CD. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But but you know what? But my children are on there with me, too. OK, I have eight children. OK. And so uh, seven of them were singing with me. And then I had a niece and a nephew that actually sung with me, too. So some of them actually led songs as well. And okay. they, they all have beautiful voices. So, uh, yeah, but I was, you know, whatever song it was for, <laughs> mm -hmm. I was honored to do it. I mean, I did perform We Owe It All to You. And I had to kind of edit it a little bit because my daughter was unable to come and she sings the song with me. And okay. I told her, I said, okay, I got stuck singing your part and my part one time before <laughs> when I went to Atlanta, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so I actually took her verse out. <laughs> okay. So I edited the song so that it started with the chorus and then I just did my verse. So I just did all the stuff I do on the song and I just left her part off. I said, well, if they buy the CD or the album or whatever, they'll see They'll hear it, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. a lot of people did. I, I actually had some CDs there and a lot of people bought them. Okay. So, and that is, that's a good way to uh, network and communicate mm -hmm. with people when you have that available. And that is, that is so funny when you said you, I, I just edited you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Her voice, her voice is lower than mine mm. and, but she got range too now. But we have different styles, different tones. And, and she's got this real strong tone where mine is a little bit on the lighter side. So if I sing down low, it's not really the strength of my voice. Mm. So I'm not I'm not giving it what she gave it. And I just didn't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So I told her, I said, I'm not even going to put myself through that stress to do that. She said, but Ma, you wrote the song. I said, I don't care. I didn't write it for me. <laughs> I didn't write that verse for me. <laughs> Yeah, so, but it was fun. It was fun, though. Mm -hmm. And you talk about singing with your children. Is that a wonderful, I know it's a, it's outside, it's a, it's a wonderful accolade because people say, oh, wow, her kids singing with her. But is that, did you train your children or was it, did, they were going around the house and they heard you singing and then they just picked it up? How did that happen? <laughs> my children would have a different story but I'm gonna tell you mine because <laughs> you on the show you on the show and they ain't <laughs> right right and I'm glad they're not here with me because they 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 always say I'm gonna write a tell-all book mom I'm gonna write a tell-all book but you know <clears throat> I was a choir director like I started in my early 20s I would say so it kind of started with me putting songs together for the choir uh, we, we, we've done hymns, we've done, uh, other people's songs off YouTube. And, and one day, you know, my dad told us, he said, you know, I want you to start getting songs from the scripture. And he said, let God speak to you and give you melodies and different things like that. So that's when I started actually putting songs together. So when I realized, you know, they, they grew up in the choir too, and in, in the young children's choir and all of that. So when I would put songs together, you know, and I would be put, you know, trying to get the harmony parts on the piano, you know, so one day I called one of them and I said, you know what, 
And so I'm trying to get this part and I said, a little odd minor notes and I want to make sure that they're not clashing. I want to make sure all the harmony is going like it should. Mm -hmm. So I said, sing this part for me. So I showed them the part and they sung the part and I said, no, okay. I said, well, wait a minute. I said, you come here, you come here. I said, you sing this part. So before you knew it, I had like three part, four part harmony and I had them going, you know? <laughs> and so they was just up there and they was just singing. And I'm saying to myself, they don't know what they just did. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, that's how it ended up happening. So and it, it, it that started with every song that I tried to put together. They were my vocal boxes that I used instead of the keys because it sounded so much better hearing it in vocals mm -hmm. rather than listening to it on the piano. And I could get them together and then I could play while they were singing it so I can make sure everything was lining up right. And they got so sick of me. <laughs> you know, I I did, I, I went to school uh, to do hair. And I, I think I did to them what my mom did to me because my mom was a tailor and she sewed for every local uh, Motown group, just about a lot of them, you know, in, in Detroit. Mm -hmm. when she when she was you know at her best and and she would say oh come listen to my baby sing you know and I said <laughs> you know so I started out early you know doing that so and me not even realizing what I was doing I started doing the same thing to them because mm. I I end up setting up my shop in the basement and I would do hair after I went to school I just kind of kept it in home and just did my shop there and uh every time the clients would come over uh the children would always get together. They'd harmonize like boys to men. Mm. And so they would sing their songs. And so I'll say, I want you to hear what they did. So I'd make them come downstairs and they'd <laughs> sing for the clients. So it got to the point, um, anytime they thought about music, they started running from me. Mm. If I started working on a song and they knew it, they would run. But they, <laughs> they, they enjoy it now. You know, I tell them, come on, we need to go to the studio. We need to do this. And I'm, I'm thankful because they'll stop whatever they're doing and then they'll come and support me. So I'm really thankful for that. <laughs> well, that's good. I thought you was bribing them with treats. <laughs> I give you some, I'll make you some cookies. <laughs> well, the sweet potato pies. Yeah. Uh, now it's sweet potato pies. So, oh, okay. it, it, or, or dinner or something on that order. So yeah. <laughs> You still have that. You still have that little key. That little key, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, come on over, Mama. Got something for you. I made a nice big dinner. <laughs> and they say, "Uh oh, she get they... ready to record something now." <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good thing. That's that's good language. That's good family language. I say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I'm going to ask you when you talk about flat footed. Now we, I'm, you know, I go back and forth when you talk about being a flat footed singer. A lot of the young people, and I don't know what generation we're in. I just, I'm, I'm just going to openly admit that I don't know what generation we're in because some of the young people don't understand, I think, what a flat-footed singer is. Express what that means. It's funny you ask that question. It's a good question. I appreciate you asking that question, but... <laughs> I'm going to ask my PR person because I didn't write that. <laughs> and you know what? When, when I looked at that and I'm saying to myself, 
why did she say a flat footed singer? Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I said, well, I know I got flat feet, but come on now. <laughs> you know, that's an old term. That is right. a that is an old term from like the 70s because you can have a singer that just stands still because some people got to move. They got to put a lot of movement in their singing and theatrics. And then you have those that can just stand flat footed and sing, just stand in one spot and can sing the paint off the walls. I'll use, uh, for example, I was uh, watching um, Lucretia Campbell mm -hmm. and uh, she was a friend. And that woman could stand in one spot and just sing till the walls fell in. That is a flat-footed singer. And then you have those that move around a lot. They got to mm -hmm. use the stage. I'll um, and I'll here I'll compare to Shirley Caesar. You know Shirley Caesar. She don't stand in one spot when she sings most times. No, she is all over the place. She get down in the audience, walk through the audience, and bring folks in and stuff. So that's what I think about when I think a flat-footed singer, one that stands. And Shirley Caesar, Shirley Caesar tears the house down too. Because yes, I've been she in, does. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so that maybe that's what your publicist meant when she said flat-footed. And maybe, yeah, it sounds it sounds about right because what she did when uh when she started writing about me, she went to my YouTube page and she looked at videos and she, you know, and, and I guess that would describe me because I'm not all over the place. I kind of stand, you know, in my little area and I just do what I'm gonna do while I'm there. Okay. And uh so that that maybe that's a possibility. Maybe that's why she wrote that. <laughs> but I never did ask her, you know, because I was looking, I'm saying a flat footed singer. What's she mean? <laughs> so that's a note. You take a note. Mm, I'm gonna ask, what does this mean? <laughs> yeah, and, and we got so busy, I never got a chance to ask her what she meant by that. But well, it's a yeah. compliment. It's a compliment. I will tell you that it's a compliment. <laughs> okay. I received that. I received that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I got to stop laughing. Okay. But this is fun. This is fun. Yes. I'm so having a ball. You play piano and yes. organ. Have you taught any of your children how to play? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not. Um, and I don't even really play organ anymore. Uh, I started playing an organ when I was seven and about 16 years old, I found out how easy the piano was compared to the organ. Didn't mm. have to do all the fancy footwork and all of that stuff. And I said, oh, I said, I like this. And I just kind of left the organ far behind. And if you put me on an organ right now, I would probably play it just like I play a piano because I, I don't even remember how I did that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But oh, uh yeah, but the the children, uh, they do they they fuss at me from time to time. Said, "Ma, you never taught us how to play. You never, never taught us." And you know, my thing was I played by ear, and I I never really had formal training. So I said, "I don't know how to teach you how to play because if I if I showed you what I do, I feel like it probably would be the wrong way." You know, because I mm. listen to others and. You know, I, I can't say that I'm like some masterful pianist or anything like that, you know, because I don't read notes. And I feel like if you're going to teach somebody how to play, you should be able to teach them all of that. Mm -hmm. 
And, mm -hmm. and I couldn't do that. So that's why I never really bothered with it. Uh, but really, okay. None the, nonetheless, they probably would have just liked to learn whatever I had, but, but I told him, I said, but we did equip you with that voice and you can take it anywhere. I told him, I said, y'all can stand up to any choir, any singer that, that you're faced with. So I said, you, you got that. Okay. Okay. That is uh, because when you, well, some people learn by watching. And that's, yeah, that's, that's what, what I did. Yeah. That's what a lot of people um, said that played by ear. They learned by watching. And I will tell you that, like I said, I'm a lazy musician. I really don't like reading music. I can, but I mm -hmm. really don't like reading music because <laughs> you have to, and the music teacher I had, um, when I first started out, if you hit a bad note, she'd pop you on the hand with the, with the pencil. So that was, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I didn't really, I did watch, but I didn't necessarily learn by watching. I actually learned by hearing. Okay. Because when my mother first played, she would be practicing and playing a piano and I would be somewhere around the corner. And so her back was always to me. So I never really saw her hands. I would see them when they would go, uh, you know, from the opposite sides of her body. But as far as which keys she hit, I never knew that. Mm. So I would always listen. And then when she would get up, I would go to the piano and I would take one finger and I would just hit the keys until I heard the note that she hit, okay. not realizing that I was hitting the key that she was in. And when I found the note that she hit, I remembered the song. So then I would take one finger and keep playing, trying to find notes until I could find what I was humming in my head. Mm. And that's actually what the way I learned how to how to play. Okay. Uh, I would hear it. I, I didn't necessarily have to see it. I would just hear it. And then I would go to the piano. And as I kept, you know, years after years went by and I got more familiar with the keys, then I would play what I heard. Okay. All right. <laughs> Weird, everybody huh? has a, well, no, everybody <laughs> has a different process. You know, I never think uh, anything is weird because everybody has their own different process on how they do things. Um, and like I said, for me, and I had been playing, I started playing at seven. My uh, grandmother and mother, my grandmother really wanted me to play the piano. My mother and my mother and father, they they were like, well, okay, I think it was a form of we can, enter, we can have her entertained on a Saturday afternoon and we can have a, about an hour and a half of free time. I think that's what my parents were really going at. <laughs> <laughs> but my grandmother wanted to learn the piano and she was... Uh, uh, she was like, well, I don't want to go and learn how to play it by myself. So she took me. So I was her little uh, protege. So actually, I, we were gone for like almost three hours because for her lesson and then my lesson. So I think that was free time for my parents. They just I think they really loved that. <laughs> now, wow. the, the funny thing was they refused. My parents refused to buy me a piano because they said mm. they weren't going to get. But my grandmother had a piano. So when I was at my grandmother's house, of course, I could play. But at home, I had a cardboard keyboard. Talk about having to use an imagination of hearing a piece of cardboard. <laughs> wow. 
I, I, you know what? I think I remember that when I was at the beginning of my first music class, because I, I might even, if I look at some of my things in the closet, I think I might still have that cardboard keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, even though it's the cardboard keyboard, I visualize the keyboard in my head. Okay. And I started learning the, the notes and the keys, you know, as far as like which key I was in, mm -hmm. when I wanted to know how to play a song, I would listen to it. And then I would close my eyes. And then I would visualize the keys and visualize where my hands should be hitting oh. on the key to play this song. And many times I could go right to the piano and play it after visualizing it in my head. Okay. Doesn't work like that now, though. It's, <laughs> it's, some of these songs out here is a little complicated when you're trying to copy. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that is, you know, just hearing different processes. That's why I say I like talking to people because everybody has a different process. Yeah. And um, everybody has a different form of learning and actually comprehending because sometimes people comprehend differently and they're all listening to the same thing or they're all seeing the same thing and they mm -hmm. they see something totally different. I've I've always been amazed at that. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Now, in addition to being the choir director at church, okay. how many of your choir members have come back or, you know, because of course some of them were younger and they, how many have come back and been, I'm going to say, they want to teach and they say, I'll just go on somewhere and sit down and I'll teach this song. How many of them have done that? <laughs> Well, there are a few that actually, they haven't necessarily done it in the church, but they have definitely done it with their own projects. Okay. Uh, because our, our um, as far as choir directors go, they're appointed by the pastor. So mm -hmm. if, if he does not appoint you to be that choir director, then you're not that choir director. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, in rehearsals and different things, I can uh, appoint like a certain section and I'll tell this person, okay, I need you to help them with uh, tenor or I need you to help them with soprano. I need you to sing it. I need everybody to listen, sing to this person you know, and, and do things like that. So there are many there that probably are capable of doing it. And uh, there are some that I've been, you know, trying to work with a couple of them I've been trying to work with to replace myself. Hopefully it won't be no time soon, but yes, somebody's going to have to come after me. Okay. So. Okay. So you, you create section leaders. Yeah. And Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't necessarily call them section leaders, you know, so they won't get the big head. You listen to me, you know. <laughs> or the ones, I, you, the ones you see in the choir when somebody go off and they give them that head turn, that little sharp head turn. I'm like, oh, okay, you Oh ain't. my God. Yeah. Don't look. One of my daughters, uh, she's a tenor. Uh, don't sing the wrong note next to her. <laughs> yeah. She, she's going to give you she might lean back and, and start singing it a little louder so you can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It's funny. It, it's funny how people do in, in different choirs and stuff. Oh my gosh. Anywho, <laughs> tell us a little bit more 
about your now you talk about your home church what is your home church um it is the word of truth church in detroit <laughs> michigan pastor rufus hayes who is my uncle is the pastor okay it's okay to give a shout out it's okay to give a shout out yeah 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 because <laughs> you were like should i really say <laughs> <laughs> no you know what uh, when when you said well never mind it, it was the way you asked the question and i'm saying to myself okay do i explain something about the church do i just say the name of the church or you know well, how long have you been there because you said your father was a pastor was he the yeah. pastor of the same church yes he was oh. the pastor first okay so he yeah, was, the he was your father was the founding pastor. yes he was okay. the founding pastor yes uh for his reign was probably about 45 50 years maybe Okay. Yeah. And okay. then uh uh Pastor Rufus Hayes uh succeeded him. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Cause when you said a point, I'm like, I you know, I really haven't I really had <laughs> never heard of people appointing the choir directors. That's why I, I I asked that question because some churches the minister of music is the person, if they're not the main choir director or something like that, they're the ones that bring somebody in and tell them, come on up here. I want you to direct. And then they teach them how to direct. Cause the, my home church that I grew up in, our minister of music was the one that he would train them to be the choir, you know, direct the choir and uh, teach this. Although he would teach the songs, sometimes he would allow the choir directors to teach the songs. But the pastor mm-hmm. didn't have anything to do with that. He, the choir, our minister of music just did all that. So he would do that. And I was wondering, I was like, okay, I, I had never well, heard of that style. Me being the minister of music, I do a lot, but uh, I was actually appointed. My father was the mm. first one that appointed me. And before me, there were other choir directors and even my oldest sister, my oldest brother, the one that we recorded with, they were choir directors as well. But there were other ladies uh, of the church that were also pianists and choir directors. And uh, when one of the ladies were getting ready to retire, then um, he appointed me to take over two choirs. I started out taking over two choirs, a senior choir, and a junior choir. Okay. So I was like each end of the the scale, you know. <laughs> and at 20 years old, in your early 20s, and you're training the senior choir. Yes. Did you have some pushback? <laughs> well, you, you always have one, <laughs> at least. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I was trying to, you know how a lot of times you, when you have senior choirs and if you just kind of have people that just want to sing, have the desire to sing, they d- don't necessarily have the, any formal training when it comes to singing. They just like to sing. And some of them have beautiful gifts and some of them have mm-hmm. the desire to have mm-hmm. beautiful, you know, <laughs> and so you you put them in there, you know, and, and you try to get them that timing back together, you know, when they come to singing hymns, because hymns can go so many different ways, you know, mm-hmm. they can go real slow, you know, like Sister Act, or <laughs> the beginning of Sister Act, you know, the very first one, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg was whipping that choir into shape, yeah, so, you know, I I liked songs with a little pep in them, so, and, and that's kind of why I uh, uh, really liked the way this choir director used to play, because I learned, I actually learned how to play hymns listening to her. 
Okay. Because at hope, opening up a hymn book, I didn't know what I was looking at, <laughs> but I would hear her and she played notes. She played by ear as well. So that's the way I learned how hymns go. So it was fun for me at first. And I, I had the patience. I, you know, I would say that I still have the patience because it's been over 40 years now mm-hmm. and I'm still there and I'm still working. We don't have a senior choir anymore, but our mass choir have seniors in it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then we have uh, a junior choir. We used to have a male choir, but it's not just my church. It's a sister church that we have called Principles of Faith. And uh, that's a pastor that has another church that came from under our leadership. And so we still fellowship together. So I go over there and I help his choir too. You know, Motif got this really cute keyboard and you can actually put songs together on it. You can, you Mm -hmm. can put, you can put, you can do the drums, the guitar, the strings, you can have like a full on band Mm -hmm. and actually save it on a card and pull up a song. And it'll sound like you got a whole band playing. Mm -hmm. So that's what I actually do for them because they don't really have a current musician. And so I'll do that for them and somebody else. uh, Actually, I taught them how to load the songs and then uh, I'll teach them the songs in rehearsal. I'm not there on Sundays. One of the young ladies in the choir will help uh, direct the songs and then they'll sing like that because I'm always at my home church on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, but, you know, it's always pushback. Coming back to that question is always pushback seniors. I sometimes even get pushback from the junior choir, you know, but I, it's one of those things that, you know, you need to sit down somewhere, <laughs> but you can't say that to the seniors, you know, because they're old enough to be your parents, grandparents or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it was fun. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Okay. And, yeah. and, it is, and, and it's probably because I really, really love what I do and I'm, so thankful for the job and and for that platform Mm -hmm. because that platform of being a choir director actually helped me uh it helped me grow my songs it helped me grow the gift that god gave me because they were the first platform that i ever tried any of my songs out on okay uh i was it was tried out on the church first Mm -hmm. and you know i would see how they react to it and how they i said okay this is this is doable we can do this. We can make this work. Mm-hmm. You know, we've sung it at this church, that church, this church. Everybody love it. Yeah, let's do this. Okay. Well, that's good. See, always have a training ground. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that's why I asked too about uh, seniors in in the age difference. In that, uh, asking about seniors, I was. Um, we used to do theater. My husband was the theater director. And uh, the pastor did not want to call it a drama ministry. He wanted to call it just a theater company. Okay. So like, okay. And we were doing a, a, we were doing a show that had a song in it. And I was teaching this gentleman how to sing this song, mm-hmm. how to breathe, how to reach the notes, how to, you know, come on, man, comprehend the song. He would sing it one way in rehearsal. And when we did the show, he sang it a whole different way. And it was not the way I taught him. And I'm sitting there going, I just cannot believe this guy did not take any notes or whatsoever. And I said, you have to practice. You have to practice breathing. You have to. And he just, he, I was just, I, and I said, okay. Also, you you mean it's it's not just me? That doesn't (laughs) just happen to me? I thought it was just me. <laughs> I'm trying to get the guys. I'm like, can you get on beat? Can you get in rhythm? 
This is a song. I gave it to him, just, just the music. I sang along with him. This is where you breathe. You have to go home and practice. You have to do this. And he got up there, lost the beat, music going one way, he going another way. And I just nerves. sat there. <laughs> that wasn't nerves. No. <laughs> okay. He wasn't, wasn't practicing. <laughs> I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because <laughs> I asked afterwards, I was like, did you even rehearse the song? And he's like, well, I got busy. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I've heard that a lot. I've heard that a lot. I but you know, I, but I, you know, I have to tell you, even, even at the other church that I play for, that senior choir over there and the senior choir that we had, I got along better with the senior choir, better than any other choir. Mm. And mm. it's probably, I, I don't know, some people call me an old soul or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> but I, I really, I can relate with seniors, uh, even at a young age, okay. um, probably because I hung around my dad a lot, you know, but uh, it was one of those things. Uh, and I always knew how to be respectful, you know, okay. with adults. Mm -hmm. So it, it was never this thing. Like I'm, I'm telling you to do this, you know, it was always, you know, if, if they didn't see my point, I'm, you know, I'm saying, okay, okay. But then let's try it this way. Can we try it this way? See how it comes out, you know, okay. just give it a shot, you know? So <laughs> being, I guess being around my father, I was around him longer. So then, you know, he kind of taught me how to, to treat people, how to talk to people. And now I, I can get a little, you know, mm -hmm. dependent, but <laughs> I, I try to keep that side, you know, now that far, is an far, art far, far away. <laughs> yeah. That is an art knowing how to talk to people. Yes. Because you can't talk to people just any kind of way. No, anyway. you cannot. You cannot. You cannot. <laughs> I probably would have lost my job a long time ago if I had done that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, tell my audience what you have coming up and how they can get in contact with you. Well, uh, there are, there's a lot of beautiful music out there right now. And uh, I'm currently actually working on my choir. Uh, I'm hoping, uh, I am in hopes of an early January release oh. for uh, this new single that they're going to put out. And the mass choir, we've been together, I think we started in, uh, it's been 20 years now. Mm. It's either 20 or 21 years that we've been together. And we've always practiced and sung and sung in church and different places and traveled, but we've never actually recorded a song. Oh, okay. So now we are working and we're in the process of recording a song and an actual recording is August 5th. Mm. So I'm hoping that once we record it, we can kind of get things together and start the PR going and all of this other thing and, and have a, a release of January. Hopefully that those that's the plan of January. So if you don't see it in January, then it'll be coming a little bit later. But uh, you can also, uh, my music is available on all digital platforms, okay. everywhere, everywhere you look, uh, I, I can't name them all, but, uh, <laughs> Ellen, just look up, look up Ellen Hayes. What'd you say? Um, Google, Google yeah. Ellen Hayes. <laughs> well, yeah. If you Google Ellen Hayes, you'll find a lot. I got a couple of websites. One is meet Ellen Hayes and the other is Ellen Hayes So, uh, YouTube is Ellen Hayes music. 
subscribe to my channel. I love subscribers. I'm always putting out little shorts and videos and different things. You can keep up with me there. Uh, but social media is meet Ellen Hayes. All of it is meet Ellen Hayes. So uh, meet Ellen Hayes. Meet Ellen Hayes is one of the ways that you can find me. Okay, wonderful. Well, I am. I want to thank my guest, Ellen Hayes, for participating in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this podcast segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests you'd like to hear on the show. Send an email to let's talk to gmg at gmail.com. That's let's talk the number two gmg at gmail.com. You may like and share the podcast episode, or if you subscribe, I know Helen Ellen just said she loves subscribers. <laughs> if you subscribe, <laughs> you'll hear uh, when the latest episode is published. Okay. Um, and what's new is Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold radio show, which is on WMRMDB internet radio station, which comes on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this station, because it's an internet station, can be heard all around the world. <laughs> I am <Wonderful>. your host. <laughs> I am your host and Sonia saying, let's sing, let's shout and tell of the great news through Gospel Music Gold. Until the next time, take care and God bless. This episode has been sponsored by Nelsie IT. The disaster has happened. We were all caught off guard March 2020. And in many cases, there is now a rebuilding process which must take place. How does this affect you as a church leader or a small business owner? With over 20 years of experience, we can help you create an emergency response and a business continuity plan for your church or your small business. We discuss methods of preparing for the next emergency or disaster. Here are a few things we can speak to you about for your church. How to continue communicating with your congregants 
without access to your physical location? How do members reach the leadership staff? What about church records? Are they safe and available? And here are a few things we will cover for a small business. Communicating with your customers and meeting their needs and or orders. Do you have a backup process to keep your business records safe? We can talk about technology, security, and record keeping. For more information, contact us at 708-762-3587. That's 708-762-3587. And we can discuss how you can feel more comfortable in creating a emergency response plan and or a business continuity plan.